Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. death on the cross and by your precious blood you made a way that we can come boldly to the throne of grace God's very own throne because we're cleansed by that blood and God what can we give you well what we can give you is our heart we can give you a heart that loves you that wants more of you so we just say here's my heart here's my heart
life, Lord.
life, Lord. to you tonight we just we ask that you would speak what is true to our lives that you would lead us into all truth by your holy spirit we thank you that you are the truth jesus you are the way and you are the life we just draw from all that you are tonight and god i just want to speak this word in it says, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Amen. So receive that tonight. The life and the power that comes from God. May he fill us to overflowing tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. He's so good, isn't he? Thank you, Lord. Well, I'll tell you, I was just so encouraged by all the different testimonies last week. I think testimony service is one of my favorite because you get to see God on display and the things he did in people's lives. Because it's, it's about that, right? It's about changed lives. Like what Jesus did, and like Pastor Sheila said, I don't want to waste one drop of the blood of Jesus. And that blood paid an awesome price for our freedom. So for us to be able to walk in that freedom, um, it, it, that's the most important thing. And walking in that freedom means that it changed, our lives are changed. So... Um, what I want to go, go back to, and we, we, we've kind of been living it, but I want to go back into that, the kingdom uh, teaching again. And um, because there's so many things wrapped up in the kingdom. And remember, a kingdom has a king. It has a territory, which our territory is the world. It, it got, belongs to God, right? The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So how um, many you know we've got a pretty big territory? And then we have a constitution and bylaws. Daniel knows about that. He just set that all up for his ba the basketball league. We don't, we don't realize how important the constitution and bylaws is. We think, uh, you know that we feel safe in our country because there are laws and there are things that are set in place that govern. When I went to Albania, communism had just fallen. It was, had fallen for six months. It had literally just come down. There were no laws, there were no rules. Everyone did whatever they wanted. It was the scariest feeling when I was there because everyone just parked everywhere. They parked on sidewalks, they just parked. Garbage was everywhere. No one, like we, we seem to think everything just happens. It doesn't, there are, there are certain things that are set in place that make everything operate. And we think, oh, that's the boring snoring stuff, but it actually, 
is the glue. It's the, the skeleton which everything it forms on. And so God has a, a, a constitution and a code of ethics, and he gives it in Scripture, and he lays it out, and, and that's to govern our lives. And, and we're not to be ignorant of those things. Uh, it has a citizenry. So what, what defines us as citizens of this, of heaven? What is it? And, you know, because, you know, every, every constitution uh, has a de definition for what makes their citizens or their members or whatever they are. And God has that clearly laid out. He has a monetary system that we're to operate in. And it's completely different than the world's monetary system. Right? But I want us to go to Isaiah. Um, uh, Isaiah... Why do I have it here as 8? It's Isaiah 9, 8 to 10. Is that what you have back there? Was it 6 to Just one sec. Oh, here. I'm on the wrong side. Okay. Yes, it is. 6 and 7. This is what it says in Isaiah. It says... Um, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. Amen? Aren't you glad it rests on his shoulders? And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And his government and its peace will never end. You know, when I think of it, probably the greatest thing that you could have is peace. In the midst of turmoil, in the midst of all kinds of hairy canary and you know, everything else that's going on, if you can have peace in the midst of that, peace that passes all understanding, how many know there's a high price for that? Well, he says he gives this peace with this government and it will never end. Or another, it also means it, it will never fail. And he will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for for a certain period of time, for a five-year time period. No, it's for what? All eternity. And I love this. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will what? Make this happen. Amen? I've, I'm so thankful his passion and his zeal is, is making this happen. And so this is the foundation. And so the, the thing I want to look at tonight is I want us to look at our kingdom has a sovereign. He is a king, and he rules. Amen? And this sovereign, he, he governs in a way that, you know, no one else governs. He governs as a servant. He literally left this earth. The very thing he left, he left his disciples with washing their feet and declaring that, you know what? The, the, the world out there is jockeying for positions and trying to find their way. He says, you serve one another. The greatest in the kingdom is the servant of all. And he laid a whole different groundwork, and he demonstrated it then by following through with the cross. And I'll tell you, that cross session every time at the replenish retreat just is such a, a, just to see the price that he paid. And just to let it just sink in that, like, that was not in vain. And he did that to serve us. He didn't come to be served, but he came to serve. And the Bible says to give his life 
as a ransom for many, for everyone. And so he did that. And this is our ruler. And so when he rules, though, he, he came and he came to rule, but he came to rule in a certain way. And he has certain um, things that he's established in, in the way that he rules. And the, the first thing that he did is he became the word and that word became flesh and it dwelt among us. So he wasn't out here just doing his own thing. And this is what I find we deal with in our culture. Everyone's kind of doing what's right in their own eyes. Everyone's just kind of doing their own thing. And I'm just kind of just trying to figure it out. And you know what? Can't figure it out. Google it. And ask what? Some person who, who maybe experimented before you. And you can get all kinds of things. How many know if you want to have what you want, uh, an answer that you want, you'll find it on Google? <laughs> right? Just Google it and you'll find it. I always joke, and my wife doesn't like it, but I say, well, are you asking the Google gods again? Because whenever we go to Google, right? It's like, <laughs> it's like let's ask the Google gods if, if, if this is the way it's supposed to be. But, uh, but uh, what happens with that is we don't realize that um, Jesus was governed by the word of God. His whole life, he couldn't even come except in this specific time he came actually at the feast of Passover. He came even, if you look at his life, even every one of the feasts, if we're not going to go there, but um, uh, we've had uh, Rabbi Jeff Foreman from City of David come and, and, and teach on the feasts and how Christ filled, fulfilled every one of even the feasts that were instituted thousands of years before. And God made it so that Jesus even came in the midst of the fulfillment of those feasts and in the fullness of time at just the right time. And so Jesus didn't just come and do his own thing. He came not to just, you know, people think, oh, he's this rebel and he just, I mean, it's like, no, he didn't come to abolish the word. He came to fulfill it. He came to bring it into its fullness. And what he came to do was break down religion, which said, you, you say one thing, but you do another thing. And Jesus said, don't listen to what they're doing. Listen to what they say, but don't do it what they do. He spoke that to his ones that followed him. He says, they're speaking the right thing, but they're not doing the right thing. Don't follow what they're doing. Listen to what they speak, but don't do what they do. And so he was breaking that down, but he never threw it away. He fulfilled it. He, he brought fullness to it. And he dealt with the heart, which is the issue. But, he, you know, in Matthew 24, 35, I've got that verse there for you. It says, heaven and earth will disappear, Jesus was saying here. This was after he talked about all kinds of prophetic things that are going to happen in the end times, things that we're going to have to persevere through. And I, I'm not going to preach on that tonight, but we probably need a good message on that because we seem to think, oh, you know, it's, it's going to get easier. It's not. It's actually the end times. It's going to get harder. But God's given us the grace and the ability to be able to do it. Amen? Because, okay, so what? You have to endure something for a little while. Then you, what? You get to go to heaven. Come on. It's kind of a fair trade. It's like, oh, I don't, I don't want them to hurt my pinky. It might hurt. It's like, we don't know what we're going to go through, but we need to be ready for it. Because if they persecuted our teacher, we're not greater 
A student is not greater than their teacher. Amen? We're not greater than them. But he says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away or never disappear. They will never end. So how many want to base your life on his words? Because that's the foundation. And this is the resolve that we have to have. And Jesus had this in him like never before. He lived this. And this is, he kind of gave a, a parable that I want us to look at in, um, in Luke. If we can go to Luke 6. And this is so important. He says here, so why do, do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? You know, we can go on and, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. You know, we can make it sound so nice. And, um, but if we're not doing what he says, it means nothing. And this is why. He says here, he says, I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. And when the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. And when the floods sweep down against the house, it will collapse into the heaps of ruins. So what's the difference between the two? Both are building. How many know everyone's building a life? We're all building something. We're all putting our energy. There's this exchange of our time. There's this exchange. And it's more than just to get a house, have a wife, and have babies. Come on. It's, it's more than that. Those are all parts of it, and they're, they're byproducts of it, but the essence of our life is far more than that. There's a purpose and a design God created us for. There's a deposit of your life that you are to leave in this life so that this life is richer because of you were in it and what Christ gave you to give to this generation. It's, it's not about just preserving our own life. And, and Jesus, you know, he said here, um, he says in Luke um, 9, 23, he says, Then I said to the crowd, if you, if you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but are yourself lost or destroyed? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. So our, we, there has to come a resolve in our lives where it's like, my life is yours, Lord. And I'm going to live it for you. And I, I'm going to die. And he, I, I love what he said here. He says, you, you pick up your cross, you follow him, and you, and, you, and you take up your cross 
daily. Amen? We were talking about this earlier in the service. I was talking with someone. They're like, well, you know, it's so easy when everything's easy, you can fall away, right? But if we give our lives daily, and this is the important thing, is that daily we are making that choice to lay our life down. Daily we're staying connected to the vine. Daily we are, we are grafted into what he, he has for us. Daily we, we realize that we need him. Daily. Daily we're laying down our life. Daily there's battles. I remember we were, we were hit, you know, there's different times you're hit with battles. And how many know when it rains it storms many times? It's like coming from, and you're like, what's happening? And, and like God's like letting us know it's not your life. Like, surrender it. I'm there with you. I'm fighting this battle. I am in your boat. Right? When Jesus was sleeping on that boat and the storms were going crazy and they were waking up and they're like, don't you care that we're going to die? He's sleeping. He's in the deep rest of God. I mean, go figure. And he rescued them, but he was in their boat. He's in our boat. Sometimes it feels like he's sleeping. Right? Sometimes you're like, Lord, like, hello, you know, and you're like, and he's in your boat because it's not your life. We're preserving a life that we're like, we've grabbed a hold of all these things and we're like, I got to keep this guy. It's like, it's not your life. But we've picked up things along the way and we, we, we seem to think it's our life. But no, the life of a disciple is to lay your life down, to lay your will down. And to pick up his. And hopefully all those things we want are in there. But sometimes he says, no, this isn't in there now. This is what I have for you. And we have to be willing to let that go. But the person who builds their house on the rock, this is what it says. He digs deep and lays the foundation. They dig deep. How do we dig? We dig by getting into the Word, by getting into the Word of God. That's how we dig. You know, we're, we're going to start a, a short little devo, if you want to put that up there. And we're going to help one another. And this is one that's coming up. Um, it's called In Between Normals, and it's with the Book of Acts. And it's, it's just an encouraging devo we're going to do for 31 days. So it's not a year devotional where I'm making you commit to a whole year. It's like, oh, man, you're just going to see that I don't do it every day. It's like, no, let's get past all of that, people. Right? No judgment. We want to encourage one another. And so this one is dealing with the book of Acts. It's dealing with the early church back in the day because they were in between normals. Everything changed. They weren't accepted in the synagogues, but they weren't even accepted in the world. They weren't accepted anywhere. They had to forge away. And so how did they do it? Well, we're going to look at that in the book of Acts. We're going to look at those things that they, they had. Because how many know we're in between some normals here? And we, and we got to look at, okay, God, what's your normal? What is it that you want us to walk in? What is it that you want us to bring? Because the early church came in a, in a very oppressive society. Medieval times. They were barbaric. It was Roman rule. 
We're like, oh. That's what the church survived and thrived in and grew. Well, what's coming? What's coming? Doesn't matter what's coming. We can outlast it. Come on. We got to get our eyes on the right things and dig deep and get to that rock. And it's like, if things are shaking and things are rocking, it's like, great. Let it rock and fall away and find where that solid rock is and build on that. But how do you find it? You dig for it. You dig for it. You hear that word that he speaks to your heart on those things, and you do it. You don't just hear it and, oh, that was nice. That made me feel good. That was nice and tickly. Ooh. And you don't do anything with it. No, you obey that word and you're like, okay, Jesus, I'm going to follow what you said. I'm going to let my life be governed by what you say. And if this is unacceptable, it's unacceptable. Amen? And if this is what you want, this is what I'm going to do. So the way I'm doing this, yes, um, I, we put it in the weekly, but if you want to know how we're doing this, you, you have to become my friend on YouVersion Bible. So if you just go on to YouVersion or it's Bible.com, I believe, if you go on, get the app. It's the YouVersion app. I think many of you are already my friends on there, but if you're, if you're not my friend, you have to, you have to become my friend. <laughs> So, so all you do is you just send an invite, and I will accept you. I will not turn you away. Those online as well, I will not turn you away. Because we are going to grow in God together. And so the way that this works, and there are so many resources on version. There's, there's podcasts, there's video teachings, there's, and it's all just encouraging you to get into the Word of God. But um, what this does is you can basically, you can... You can put, for that devotional, you can put your comments and you can, in that group that we're all together, you can encourage one another, this is what I got from it, this is, and you just, it, there's interaction through texting, basically. So that's how you do it with this study. And it's, it's not really long, it's a, a portion of scripture and then a, a little bit of a reading and then a reflection and then application. A simple application. So it's not going to take you three hours, okay? So just it'll take you maybe 15 minutes. I mean, unless God really speaks to your heart on something and it, it takes longer. But um, so it's just to be an encouragement and a strengthening for us um, for the day. So that's going to start tomorrow. I'm going to launch that. Um, if you don't get hooked up for tomorrow, just Keep trying or get a hold of me um, if you just will get you on track there. But um, so if you send me the invite, I will send out the invitation for the study um, tomorrow. I just need to accept your friend uh, thing first and then I can invite you. All right. Clear as mud. <laughs> okay. So this is why it's so important, though is Christ is the cornerstone. Okay, now the cornerstone in building was, it was the stone that established everything else in the house. Once that stone was laid, it was 
It was the measuring for every other part of that house, that, that cornerstone. It was the one that determined everything, where it's level, where it was going to be positioned. Everything went back to that cornerstone. So Jesus was himself saying, I am, and, and, and prophecies about him had declared that he was the cornerstone. If we're going to look at this, and let's go to 1 Peter 2. And it says here in 1 Peter 2, 4, it says, you are coming to Christ who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. So how many, how many of you see this parallel? You see the world did one thing, God did another. And wondering, why is it like this? It's the way it's always been. Get used to it. It's like they're never going to marry and be, uh, you know, going together. They're always going to be opposites when you feel like you're wanting to go for more of god you know the enemy's doing the opposite and he's doing everything against that he's always doing that so it says here and you are living stones that god is building into a spiritual temple so we're living stones that god's building now what's the responsibility of a stone when you're when you're building a, a project what is the stone's responsibility. It's not responsible to jump up onto its position and gustle itself in, and, and if it's too long on the one side, can it chop that portion that it needs to have chopped off? If it's like on a corner piece and it's extended? No, who does that? The builder. He sets us, he positions us, he chops what he needs to chop. What, what's your job? To be a stone. Can you be a stone? I didn't say stoned. <laughs> a stone. <laughs> Clarification here. <laughs> we don't do that. <laughs> you are a stone. We're living stones. So we're, we're, he's, he's working us. He's, he's positioning us. And it says we are also his holy priests. Amen? Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that pl please God. And the scriptures say, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor. And anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Amen? And this is the resolve that we have to have. This is what we have to have in our hearts. Is like Jesus Christ is who I'm going to put my trust in. And people are like, how can you do it? How can you do it? Well, I did this over 40 years ago. I made that resolve, and I have not been disgraced in 40 years. You have bumps, and you have different things, but when you push through with him, he rips all of that off of you, and he is able to take what's, what was meant for evil, turn it to good. He is redemptive in his nature, and when you follow him, he builds your house solid. Amen? I don't even know how people can do their life without them. I just, how you can, well, you, they can't. They can't. They're falling apart. But we can be built on that solid foundation, that cornerstone, amen, that determines everything in our lives. And it says here, we will never be disgraced. And it says, yes, you who trust him recognize the honor God has given him. 
But, but for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And he is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. So the Bible says there's two choices we have. We fall on the rock or the rock falls on us. Either way, the rock's coming. It's coming. And either you fall on that in humility and you acknowledge him and you, uh, you allow your life to be submitted to that solid foundation or that rock is going to come crashing down because that's the measuring rock. It's the measuring foundation. And, and when your life is all over the place, it will crush you. But we can choose to lay our lives down and fall on that rock. Amen? And when Jesus was talking to the, to the religious leaders of that day, he was saying, he was saying, guys, this rock, you, you, you either fall on this rock or it's going to fall on you. He was like shooting it straight to them because they were trying to boss him around. And he's like, guys, I'm the cornerstone. And you either fall on this rock or it's going to fall on you. So he says here, um, he says, but you are not like that. Oh, wait. They stumble. I'm going to finish this verse. They stumble because they do not obey God's word. Again, here we see obeying the word. You can know it in your head all you want, but are you obeying it? I, I've talked to people, and they're like, I didn't give me scripture and verse again. And they're, they're saying all this stuff, but it's like, you're not obeying this. I look at your life, and you're, not, you're saying it, but you're not doing it. You, you're, you're this brainiac of all this about God, and you're living a tenth of it. You're, you're caught up in your knowledge. You're caught up in your, your own wisdom, and it's very easy to do. And this is why it's so important that we live it out together. Because then people can speak into your life. People can say, you know what? Because it's, how many know it's living it out that's the hard part? And it's letting people see it in your life and it's like, you know what? It's not really working here for you. Like, let's dig a little deeper. Let's find out what's going on here. No judgment, but let's walk it out. Let's see what's going on here. Amen? And we walk it out. We live it out. And that's where the application of this word comes. And it says here, but you are not like that. Verse 9. You are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he's called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Amen? Once you had what? No identity as a people. But, it says here, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, but now you have received God's mercy. Amen? So we were, we were a people that were spread and, and lost, but now we're identified. We're God's people, and his mercies are new every morning. Amen? How many knows when you had that fresh dose of his mercy every morning, how many know you can take that mercy out to those around you? When you've received, freely you've received, freely given. You know, a lot of times we, you know, people are like, why are these pickle-faced Christians? They're so grumpy. And they're so... It's because they didn't get their dose of mercy that morning. 
They're relying on their own strength and their own ability and their do's and don'ts. And, and, you know, this is what I've attained. This is who I am. It's like, wow, do I want to be like you? No, we don't. We want to be those people that walk in humility, that are recognizing my life is not something I have to make happen. He gave me this life. I'm just walking out what he's put in front of me. And if there's battles that need to be fought, he's fighting them for me. And I'm fighting with him, but I, it's not my battle. Amen? And we yield that and we give it to him. And that's what we do. And that's a daily choice. And so how do we do this? We stay connected. We remain in him. Whoa. We stay close to our king, our sovereign, our ruler, our Lord. This is what he wants us to do. In John 15, he gives us the plan and he maps it out. And he says, look, guys, this is the source of everything that you have. And this is how it works. He says, I am the true, John 15, 1, the true grapevine. And my father is the gardener. And he cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce what? Even more. So, when we remain in him, we can expect pruning.